Welcome to Perspectives in Adult Education, your online resource for adult education practitioners. Brought to you by LabR Learning Resources at www.labr.net. Welcome to this podcast where we will be looking at the differences between pedagogy and andragogy. We're going to look first at what they are and then consider each of them from a specific set of perspectives. So hang on to those headphones. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome to today's podcast where we will be looking at the difference between pedagogy and andragogy. We're going to look at them and then consider each of them from a specific set of perspectives. So first off, let's talk about pedagogy. The word pedagogy literally means schoolmaster or teacher. We can consider that pedagogy means attendance on children. Today we consider pedagogy as the art or science of teaching children, at least those who are in compulsory attendance, which is the societal norm in many countries. Children are expected to attend school for a number of years, from kindergarten all the way through adolescence and high school. Children are typically expected to simply learn the information that they are presented. There is little attention paid to the context or the applicability of the information to the student's specific situation. I'm sure you remember having to memorize multiplication tables in elementary school and study Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice in high school. In this pedagogical situation, the teacher is considered the authority figure. The students are expected to listen and obey. The child has no involvement in choosing the subjects they will learn, planning the course material, or other decisions affecting their learning process. The primary method of delivering information is a lecture format, where the teacher presents some information and gives the students the opportunities to practice the concepts just presented. Sound familiar? It should. Almost every child, particularly in North America, goes through this process. The student's involvement in the class, however, is largely passive. They listen, try information, but are not active in the learning process. Andragogy is about teaching adults. While children are required by law to attend school, adults generally return to school for interest or development purposes. Adults have the option of participating in general interest courses or completing coursework for a degree or job retraining. In the adult model, the teacher is the facilitator for the class. While the teacher may be a subject matter expert in the topic, each student brings life experiences which can affect the interaction in the course. Because the teacher is the facilitator, the emphasis is on guiding the student through the learning experience rather than simply providing information and hoping the student assimilates some of it into their consciousness. Unlike pedagogy, the students are actively involved in setting the goals for the class and identifying specific content they would like to see added to or discussed in the class to meet their individual interests. This makes the adult students more involved in their learning and in setting the goals they wish to achieve when they signed up for the course. But how do pedagogy and andragogy really stack up against each other? Are they polar opposites, as it might sound like at this point, or are they related in some way to the other given the unique clientele that each is serving? Let's compare these two learning methodologies. We heard earlier that pedagogy views the teacher as the authority figure, the subject matter expert, disciplinarian, and planner. This puts the emphasis on the teacher's responsibility for the content, 
how it is presented and assessed. In so doing, the student is completely dependent on the teacher for the information and concepts. In the andragogical model, however, the learner is independent. This means that while the adult is part of a class to learn some specific material, they also have opportunities to add their own goals and explore content which is of importance to them. The adult educator is the guide in the learning process and not the learning process itself, as more like in the pedagogical model. This puts the teacher in a better position to help the adult student in their own quest for knowledge and encourage them to be self-directed, meaning to seek out new questions and to look for and find answers. While the child learner is dependent, the teacher should be setting the groundwork for the young student to ask questions within the bounds established by the teacher. The adult student has no such bounds because they can identify questions and determine if they are related to the topic and if not, seek their own answers. Each student, child and adult alike, has specific experience they bring with them to the classroom situation. The value of those experiences is very different. The child may have some limited experience in certain areas, but less likely so when it comes to the content being presented in the class. It is clearly expected that the student will acquire knowledge from the teacher and be able to implement that knowledge. Whether the student can demonstrate she has acquired the knowledge is a subject of discussion for another podcast. The adult student, however, offers much more varied experience. Adults will often place a higher value on learning acquired through the trial and error experience process rather than simply book smarts. Just because you read a bunch of books on heart surgery doesn't make you a heart surgeon, no matter how hard you try. An example of this experiential factor comes from an information security class I taught a number of years ago. We were discussing the differences between policies, procedures, and guidelines. I gave the class some time to write down as many of the steps they could think of to describe the procedure of changing a flat tire. When it came time to discuss it, the class generally had the same view of the process. One student, who was a member of the military, said he needed to add something at the top of the procedure. I asked and he indicated what kind of vehicle and can you safely change the tire by yourself. He went on to mention how some tires on military vehicles can be much larger than a person and crush you if you're not careful. This is a great example of experiential learning and demonstrates the value of the experiences each adult brings to the class experience. The student also has to be ready to learn the information which is being presented by the teacher. Children are simply expected to show up ready to learn, regardless of what other events are going on in their lives. Adults are often less affected by external stressors because of their experience in handling such life events. Adults, however, are often returning back to school to learn how to cope with a situation such as a divorce or a recent job loss, where they must acquire new skills to be productive in society. Teachers of children simply present the information. Teachers of adults, however, provide the information and assist the student in acquiring their own individual meaning to that information and encourage the adult student to discover new ways to put the information together with what they already know. The final comparison deals with the orientation to the learning process. For children and adolescents, the process simply involves learning the material because of the future value it holds regardless of the student's perceived value at that time. Children are also taught using a subject-centered orientation which places the subject at the core and requires the student to interact and acquire the knowledge. Adults approach learning differently, 
adults are looking to develop competency in a specific subject area and to achieve the potential they already know they have. Because most adults return to school to help acquire skills to fill a new need in their life, the competency focus assists the student in achieving the maximum performance that they are capable of. The questions that we should be asking ourselves as educator is does pedagogy make sense? Is it the correct philosophy for children? When does it make sense to transition the young adult from a pedagogical state to an andragogical one? Or should we even be considering such a discussion? As we will see in a future podcast, the transition from child to adult through various life stages is a controversial one. The second question is, can andragogy even help the young adult succeed in school? Another future podcast will examine if andragogy could have the potential to help reduce the high school student dropout rate. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast, and we look forward to being with you in the future. And that concludes today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and check out our information at LabR Learning Resources. You'll find us on the net at www.labr.net.